Welcome back to Sheeta Stand Up 2. I'm your host, Laura Sogar. And I'm Matthew Broussard. On uh, the road, I'm going to be in D.C. August 19th through 21st. And I'm going to be, if you're in Dallas, I'm at the Plano Comedy Festival October 15th. So come check those out. I will hopefully be there. Yeah. Laura, maybe not. Laura doing a guest spot, maybe. Am I invited? Yeah, if you Did you just so offer merch. me a guest spot? Oh, my God. I literally you can't just... can't feature yet, you know. I just pigeoned, pigeonholed him into... <laughs> <laughs> Laura's moved up to a uh, road host for me, but she's not feature level yet. Oh, only on like specialty things. <laughs> I mean, all right. Yeah, Guys, you, can, you can host. Listen, if the you, club you, approves, we started this podcast. I'm not, I'm not letting you just skip straight to feature. You got to work for feature. You're not just. <laughs> we started a sweet this podcast to 25 minutes. I'd die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly why you shouldn't be featuring. Fair yet. enough. Yep. Fair. All right, word, my guy. We started this podcast, and I think I had a solid three minutes. <laughs> I think when we did this first episode, I was like, "Yeah, I can maybe do five. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I could do... Uh, should I do 20? No. And could I do 20? Yes. On the road... Yeah. You're at that point where if you were stressed... That was the thing is like in my first two years of comedy, Danny Martinez, who ran the, the comedy showcase, would just see how long before I sweat. I think... I'm, I mean, that's what I've been doing with the there. check spots at um, Stand Up New York where they're, yeah. they're like, go up. You're doing so the full take, 15. Yeah. I, have, I actually haven't had problems with that. That's why I know I could do 20. Because I, I have a fair amount of, you know less funny stuff or like less worked out stuff i could actually maybe i could hit 25 with all the, the bullshit that i've written that i'm like <laughs> yeah if you include the bullshit we which may as well say this sure <laughs> i that there's that chunk do of, a crowd and you work. always do that in the third quarter you always do it, like here's half my good stuff i know i have a closing quarter i get and here's just some bullshit that kind of strings together and i hope i These remember are some all coherent it. thoughts that yep. i <laughs> yeah, here's a bunch of jokes. I forgot how the wording goes because I stopped doing them a year ago. Because yeah. they weren't getting a laugh and Oh, didn't get a laugh here either. Got right. yep. it. <laughs> oh, but uh, Laura had a wet t-shirt contest on the way oh to Stand Up New York my on Saturday. God, that was so funny. Laura, but also yeah. low-key, so stressful. So there was um, torrential rain in New York City Just over the last week. Just a plunk of water. Which is not a big deal because we've been performing indoors. But I am an idiot, which is no one's going to question that. And was like, I want to bike everywhere. And it wasn't raining, but it was doing one of those things where it was like storm clouds are brewing. But uh-huh. I was like, oh, it's not raining. We'll be fine. Maybe it'll sprinkle a little bit. It says 30% chance. But I didn't realize it was 30% chance of monsoon. M- I try to bike to Stand Up New York. I'm halfway over the bridge and the sky opens above me. And that is a 45-minute bike ride if you're fast. Yeah. And also over the bridge is about a 10-minute bike ride with yep. no cover. So I was like, I'm under this torrential rain on a bridge with no way to get out of it because mm-hmm. i'm on a bridge on a bike it's a mile and a half start to finish well, i can't even call a car what do you yep. <laughs> yeah so i'm biking through that i'm in a white t-shirt about to go to a set and i was just like well this is this is not an option i can't yep. go on stage like <clears throat> this what do i do matthew is uh, i had lined up five spots that yeah. night and, and not line them up well knowing like he was all over the place. One so of the shows had to be running late for me to make all my spots. He was going to um, San New York, though. So I was like, okay, well, maybe you can bring a jacket for me to put on. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He was so nice about it. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try. And, and I ran home between oh, spots, so, so which sweet. actually happened to be right on the way. But yeah, and then grabbed a shirt for you. But then I got bumped on a spot where I needed to go early. Yeah. And then got on the wrong train getting there. Ended up, what, 20 minutes late he didn't for the get closing there. spot? Either way, I, I realized yeah. looking at his timeline, I was like, I don't think he's going to make it in time. So I had to call an audible, stop at the Times Square gift shops, like j- jumped off the subway because I eventually got off the bike, got onto the subway, got off the subway, went to a Times Square gift shop, bought myself a $20 
uh, Supreme knockoff sweatshirt yeah, that says hastily Brooklyn. screen printed. Yeah, it's, it's gonna literally yeah, it's just gonna fall apart in one wash. Disintegrate, but uh, it's kind of cool. It's, it's, it's a six wash rags. Exactly, <laughs> just just loosely stapled tied together. together. Stapled together. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I I got to stand up New York, just still soaking wet, and they were like, "Are you good?" And I was like, "I guess." And go on stage. Matthew's nowhere to be found. And they're like, you get off when he gets here. (laughs) Yep. And I knew that. And I was, and last time we did a show together at Stand of New York, it was, we talked about it on the podcast, you had just been assaulted and I was running late. What is the deal with the, yeah. I don't don't know, but like. Whenever we're on a show together, something bad happens. Yeah. So this time I was rushing to get there knowing you'd be on stage stretching. You didn't seem stressed about it, but I knew that it was. It is a stressful thing to be performing at a New York club on a weekend, even if it's yeah, a you want to do well, especially without yeah, exactly yeah. I mean, just um, period. <laughs> it's 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 probably the highest prestige spot you do, yeah, in definitely. town uh, on any regular basis. Uh, and I was rushing there. I got on the wrong train twenty minutes late. I sprinted in the rain. Which he did not mention to me later on. Like an hour later, he's like, "Yeah, I got on the wrong train." I was like, "One stop." I only turned around one stop, like a fucking. But I was, I was timing it out. I was like, okay, train's gonna be here in three minutes. When it gets here, I'll be perfect. And I, I was, I was, I was, I was like refreshing the directions. Being like, could I catch this connection? I'll, I'll get on the, I'll get on the front train because I know I can get out at seventy second. I get the northmost train. <laughs> I can get out run, six stops. And then I got on the wrong direction. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna miss my spot. And I was texting Lou uh, at the, um, at the club, and I was like, uh, I might actually miss this spot. <laughs> Laura might be your closer, but I got in and. Uh, you were, I think, at least 12 minutes, maybe even 15 minutes into your check spot, and I walk in the room, and you were doing great, and you weren't oh even God. near your closing material. So uh, I was just uh, up there, just up. like I'm soaking wet. And then you a guy was one. too excited for your roofie joke. That was so that. fun. We could do an entire episode about yeah. just that evening, but I don't. Well, just to finish this roofie joke, so I have a joke about roofing. And a guy just cheered at the exact wrong part yep. and then revealed himself to maybe be a guy who roofies people. We might have found one of those guys. He was, he was also anti-vaxxed. So revealed. it really colored. Everyone was just like at the audience, the staff, me on stage. We're all like, what's happening? <laughs> who is this man? Uh, it was funny. But <laughs> maybe in retrospect, maybe we should have called Ooh. someone instead. Yeah. <laughs> instead of just being like, ha ha. I had that at the cellar this weekend. I was doing a joke about like, you know, when you're a white guy with an opinion, just kind of making fun of me, trying to be uh-huh. a white guy with a bold opinion. And uh, some guy, as the joke finishes and it got a good response and some guy goes, yeah, another white guy. Oh like, my God. <laughs> like a guy who looked like Epstein just walked in and was like, white dude, what's up, my man? And the whole room just got so awkward. <laughs> it's so tough. It's th- that's tough too because I think the the room is like, hey, you you aren't into that, right, Matt? <laughs> and yeah. you're like, no, 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 like I'm really not into that. This was all a, kind of a bit. Like I have a big American flag t-shirt on. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, meanwhile... <laughs> Uh, oh no, that was in Miami. I just mixed that up. Yeah. yeah, was that where that happened? No, no, this is the cellar. Oh god, that would have been hilarious if you were wearing that shirt for it, though. Yeah, so in Miami, I did a shit. We were we, in we were just in Miami for. I decided to go all out and have a destination thirtieth three months after I turned thirty. Matthew loved it. I had so much fun. <laughs> That's my idea of fun: partying in Miami at loud <laughs> pool parties and it was really, and it was really fun. Water cost seven dollars. Love that. No, I was, I did a good job. I had a good attitude. Yeah, you totally did. And, and except when I snuck out to go to the gym and we had the worst fight we've ever had. <laughs> it was great. No, um, uh, overall, it was a really good trip. Um, fifty of my good friends came, which was um, I was didn't know that I had fifty friends, so that's cool. I did yeah. it with my my best friend Kaya, 
uh, we did it as a joint thing. So it was they weren't all my friends, but um, have to say it was um weird being down there. You were like you went and did a spot Saturday night, and I wanted to go do one too. But then I was like, all these people came down here for this event. Like I can't just leave. I was amazed you let me go to a spot. I didn't even ask. And yeah, then a I mean, couple couple days I before, knew you were gonna like, need a you, break. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you let me do a spot, which was very cool of you, I feel like. Yeah, you, I mean, you get it. Uh, but I went and did a spot at the Villain Theater, which is um, it's like a, an improv theater that does a lot of stand-up shows in the Miami area. And you should all check it out if you live down there. They it's do a, a lot great of shows. theater. It's a very trans, gay, LGBTQ plus uh, uh, venue. Um, and the audience is, is very in line with that. And I happened to show up. It was July 3rd, so it was July 4th weekend. I was wearing a giant American flag t-shirt. And um, that really changes the nature of your jokes when you look like Tucker Carlson and are wearing an American <laughs> Especially flag. Especially in Florida where people yeah. are like just looking for, right. is Tucker Carlson here? He might be here. <laughs> And that audience was looking to fight Tucker Carlson. Yeah, so, well, especially, yeah. And yeah then, you went, so. then you went to the one place where they were like, we just saw Tucker Carlson. We hate that steak and we hate him. And there's a, <laughs> there's a uh, like, I like road testing jokes or like, I like testing jokes in the place where they would least likely work. Like my most liberal yeah. jokes, I love testing them in conservative places on the road. And the most conservative jokes, I like taking them to Brooklyn and see if they still hold up or if there's something you know, like flawed. I think, I think if a joke only works with one audience, then you should maybe retool it and think about getting it to work for an audience who might even disagree with it. So performing those jokes that's in front so, of that that's audience. That's so like a five plus year move. I feel like I, right I now mean, I'm just like, do what do you it? want me to tell you? I will tell you it. You want me to, what, I who mean, do you want me to be audience? It's true. <laughs> I fucking got you. I will transform for you. <laughs> that's called pandering. And it, I it pander works for a lot of people. Listen, I'll yeah. pander the shit out of it. If it means they're laughing. There's certainly At this point, I'm just happy to be there. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good attitude to have. Just going for the laughs is important, but. You were saying that about Austin, though. Like you realized you had to make your jokes less feminist. They yeah, could be the exactly. same punchlines, but you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but you I also have change, no. You can tweak the setup sometimes and still land on the same punchlines. No, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Yeah. I know what you mean, but at the but same time, <laughs> to test more conservative-leaning comedy in front of a liberal crowd while wearing an American flag T-shirt was a was really given those given those jokes the stress test. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but we had something we were going to specifically talk about. We wanted to talk about, um, you being on Maisel. Yeah. We wanted to focus on me this episode. Yeah. No, Matt was like, I have lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And I was like, I have, I went to Miami and I drank some beers. Yeah. I can talk about that. <laughs> I did Maisel, I think back in March or April. So this was, I mean, it's still the era of, um, uh, zoom auditions or you, uh, you self tape and then send it in. They're not doing in-person auditions. So I did, it was, I auditioned for three different comics, comic one, comic two, comic three on Maisel, which is a great show. I was rooting for it's, comic two. Yeah. It's the first show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was comic two. Oh. Maybe I was comic three. Nice. But, um, I auditioned for all three. It was just like, it was a total of like eight lines between all three characters and, um, really funny lines. And I got a call back and did a, a, a Zoom audition with a woman who I didn't realize I had taken an acting class with who... When I took the acting class, she taught us how to audition for Maisel. There's, like, techniques to doing uh, Palladino uh, stuff, which is, like, uh, Gossip Girls and uh, – not Gossip Girl. I'm sorry, Gilmore Girls. I'm uh, sorry, Palladino. Palladino, the Palladinos. uh, I forget their first names, but Amy Sherwin Palladino and her husband co-created – 
uh, Maisel and uh, oh, got it, got uh, it, Gilmore Girls. Oh, you mean like that kind of like it's the pacing. That pa- it's, yeah, the pacing. it's the pacing. So when I took the class, we Fast did we on. did specifically Maisel auditions, and uh, it, it expanded to Gilmore Girls auditions. But the pacing is everything. If like you, it's a if you can't, it's unnaturally fast. But if you can, I, I, I think I got it just because I knew that you just need to be crazy fast with the words. And, and that's how they like the show running. Um, and I booked it and we filmed it. Uh, it was one day I showed up at like 6 a.m. to the diner up up on the Upper uh, West Side. So and I walked in and it's the diner you see in the show and you, you, you forget that it's a real place. And, you know, like the turquoise and the red and the, the you know the salami hanging and it's it's uh, it's surreal to be in there and realize how small of a space it is but uh we, we should go up. eat there yeah we should i have no idea if it's real or if they oh. just like maybe maybe they own the place i, I don't know I they should, should I run should. it i would totally i feel like that'd be a great tour yeah, it's like zone. central perk yeah, yeah yeah let's go um we showed up and gotten. Oh, I, I went and did a, a fitting, which was really cool because you get to see all. Yeah, the Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that show is famous for is the yeah. costume design. So the, the, I mean, beautiful. The, the wardrobe people on that show are like at the top of that game. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. A yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, to, there's only a handful of shows where mm-hmm. that would rank. Yep. The, them Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, and that's. That's Star Wars, like I don't yeah. know, like what do you yeah. want? <laughs> but Maisel's to me, it's cooler because it's like it's it's. No, I agree. It's thrifting. like an era versus uh, yeah. getting to kind of make your own. And they go to these thrift shops and buy these outfits, oh. and you see different racks for different characters. Wow. And I tried on these stuff, and they fit it for you. And they they, they styled my hair, and, and yeah, all that you stuff, looked awesome. I'm yeah excited for uh, it all to come out. Hopefully, your scene doesn't get cut. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't think it the way they shot it, but. <laughs> We um, but I mean, what that what's wild is like you could go through all that, and that is a risk. I don't think you will. That I don't think you will. League. Yeah. Oh, did it really? Yeah, what I had a, I had this good juicy scene on the fifth season of the league, where I walk up on a plane and just antagonize them, and then I filmed it, and a few weeks later, like we cut your scene, but we thought you were really. It was a really sincere letter thing. We thought you were really great, and then the next season they brought me back for the finale. Oh, that's nice. which was really nice. Um, but I mean, I get it. Like they're filming all their stuff, and then at the end they. <laughs> they're not like what is this actor this mm-hmm. feeling is gonna feel like <laughs> no that yeah <laughs> they, and they, they you know they overshoot they and they have to get it down to exactly 42 exactly, minutes exactly well, not for this but usually for for yeah for broadcast there's like they have a 30 second precision um but the cool part was getting i got there at 6 a.m and then we all before we were even like dressed and ready to go we just like go into the diner and sit down with our scripts in our hand and with the director we talk through this whole scene this whole i don't know three or five minute long scene we have our dialogue, the comics, and the camera is supposed to swoop over to uh, um, Maisel and the, her manager, and then some people walk up and blah, blah, blah. And um, we're all just talking through the scene so they can just hear it and then start blocking it out. Um, but uh, Rachel Brosnahan was completely off book for like a three or four pages of dialogue. And there was a one line where and it's so compelling like we're just sitting there it's not right. real and she's so convincing that like i was emotional listening to it and at one point she was something 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 and i want to be up on that stage the stage or that stage and they go that stage she goes, i want to be up on that stage and that was the only wow. word she got even remotely that was it what a professional yeah she's i mean i I'm, I may be ignorant in saying this because I don't watch enough television, but I don't know anyone who has to do as much work as her in terms of lines because she has so many and she has to – also, uh, Paladino projects are word perfect. Like any little word wrong, they will correct you on. So she cannot 
change a single word. You can't change right. a, a have to a right. A whatever. That's really interesting. Got yeah. I mean, good for her. I mean, she nails that character. Nails so. it, and uh, was very cool to work with. She was very nice. You'd she asked us some questions it. about stand up. It was very. You know, <laughs> She's we're, like, we so were this extras, whole thing basically. that we're the show's based on. Yeah. How is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <you> recommend. <laughs> You like it. <laughs> She's like, you know any open mics that have, you know, that are easy to get on? Uh, and the other cool part was it was a diner scene. So there's a lot of action happening. If you watch those scenes, you watch people walk up, hand someone their plate, walk away, and this person sits down. So the extras on that show, the people without dialogue, are uh, very on top of it. It's the first time I've seen a director refer to an, an extra by their first name and give them direction. Um, because a lot of times the yeah, extra, the, the people who, who don't have lines are kind of cast aside like lepers, like don't talk to the principal actors. Um, and that was, that was just really cool to be a part of a show that I was already a fan of. And, uh, I think they're done with the season, but hoping, hoping they maybe bring me back around. Yeah, absolutely. Cool experience. First thing I've booked since, um, the great Shunt. uh, here, here today. Yeah. Which oh, right wait, before. actually, I guess that was right before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, That's, no, I did that that Boston movie, but that was not an auditioning process. Yeah, your auditions have been—it's wild. Like you, do we want to talk a little bit more about auditioning as a whole? Or I mean, I've just been self-taping in my bedroom, and you you read the scenes with me. Yeah, which is funny because I have to be more off book. Uh, off book, sorry, means knowing your lines. I have to be more off book auditioning with you than I have to be for actual in-person auditions because you give me like two takes before you start getting really pissed off. Well, what what kills me is I'm not trying to play, paint you like the bad guy. Yeah, I'm being, I, I'm being I don't. Silly. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, okay. I mean, point being, like, obviously, I'm trying to be patient, but it's it's frustrating when, especially if you're like helping someone with something, you're like, just be ready so yeah. that like when we. Like, I don't want, if you're going to try to adjust how you're doing the emotions, that's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. But it's more like, um, you know, being able to have those takes be clean in terms of the words that are coming out of your mouth. That mm-hmm. it gets frustrating, especially when I have like work and sure. meetings yeah. and all sorts of bullshit. Yeah. I, I could see how it'd be. And it's such a cheesy thing to watch someone give all of their emotion in a bedroom with well, I'm not fake that props. I'm not super worried about it, but I'm just like, all right, we've been doing this for 25 fucking minutes at this yeah. point. <laughs> That's true. So it, it makes me prepare. Um, what else is up? Oh, I'm filming with comedy. So you've had some interesting developments over the last weeks or so. Can I we talk about the... Yeah, I got offered a, a Comedy Central digital set. Yeah. Similar to what I did. And it's been... You've been preparing like crazy. So I, yeah, and, like, I got it. Waffling on what to do. Waffling y- is that? Yeah, that's is the that right a word. bad term. That's the right word. That's a good. That's a good verb. Um, I got offered it. It's five to eight minutes, but there's flexibility, um, and it's being filmed in Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory on July 31st. I think it comes so come out. through. Also, come through, actually, yeah. it'll be kind of fun. Actually, probably not. It's probably going to be sold out via one iota. But <laughs> oh shit. Or maybe message me. I don't know. Message me if you're interested. I might be able to, yeah, make that happen. But. Um, it's, I, I'm at it. I'm at a point where I was, I, I have an hour that I feel is ready to go. I might, it might even be overshot because I didn't, I did my last album in my first album in 2016 and it's been five years now. And in the last year or so I'm hitting 60 minutes comfortably when I perform on the road, I've been doing, uh, something I've been doing purposefully is, 
doing a full 60 minutes. When you headline, a lot of times they really only ask for 45 to 50, and I used to do that because I get tired and, you know, want to give them a tighter show. And, and honestly, just it's a long time to be on stage. It's a long time to be standing and talking. Yeah. So I, I get kind of lazy and just kind of get off. And then I started doing, you know, 55, and now I've been asking, can I do at least an hour, maybe an hour five when I've been headlining? And that's forced me to work on that stuff that needs work because when you're doing a long set like that you have to put thought into the softer portions of it and that's caused my material to grow and expand and have have more chunks of material and being able to swap stuff out within that 60 i'll get to 60 and there's still like a five or ten minute thing that i didn't get to do that i kind of wanted to do so there's there's more experimentation and that's been good for development um so i'm eager to work on that and i've also a thing i've been doing uh, during headliner sets, I started doing uh, the, the last like two weekends I headline is there's a, a 10 minute, maybe 12 minute chunk I have about medicine that, that I've been doing for a long time. I'm doing like over five years. Uh, some of the, some parts of it are, are that old and it's very beat out. It's it, I haven't really added much to it, uh, but I, I don't have um, a lot of love for the material after having done it for so long. So. I've pulled that 12 and tried to not allow myself to do that 12. And that forces me to fill those 12 minutes in fill with something holes, else. Yeah. And that whole process causes you to build more material because the more you're doing material, the more you're going to be developing it. Um, you can keep writing a joke down and coming up with angles, but until you're trying it on stage, it's not going to really grow. Uh, and I think that process can be done within 10 minute sets, within 25 minute sets. If you're, you know, if you're doing showcase spots to any comics listening, I think within reason, if you have a bit that really works and you haven't developed it very much, try cutting out your safety net and, and seeing what you put in its place. And you might mm -hmm. end up with a better joke. I think I think that could work for you. I guess I've kind of done that in the mm -hmm. sense that, like, I'm not always doing again. I don't have as many options. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when I don't do one of my jokes that I know is you know <laughs> so stupid but in like one of my stronger sure jokes. no that's not like instead of you know normally you'd want to do all your strong jokes mm -hmm. to make them laugh as much as possible but i pulled right. one of those in order to work on something else that sounds really basic when i say it like that <laughs> yeah but it's it's a simple thing that you know, it took me a long time to consider of like if you if you take out one joke you have to find something in its place and uh right throw yeah. in a concept or you know, right. And crowd it, it, work. There's always I've, there's that moment that happens so many times during a set. You're like, ah, there's this part I want to do, but I'm a little afraid. And then you don't. And you do that every time. And eventually you forget that joke that you wanted to try. Um, so that's aided my development process. And I, I like this hour a lot that I have. So when Comedy Central offered me this five to eight, my first thought was, well, there's like a, a, a five minute set I have about being like Jewish and Cajun that's very polished for for my standards i've been doing it for a long time it's ready to go but it does also kind of hold my hour together and i don't fully believe in burning this material that i will put out but this is a digital set and i and and i've i was considering i wrote down a list of different sets i could do and i've kind of landed on one that's material i want to burn it's a little more topical it's a little more political I love um, that. I think yeah. that makes sense. So it, it's my first time. I mean, I think it's my seventh time doing a, a, a taped stand-up comedy performance for, for late Central. night or Comedy Central oh, okay. or, or, or something. And this is the first one where I've thought, let's not have it be the most perfect through-line material. Let's have it be more of a hodgepodge of 
short jokes that I can pull apart and put on my social media. I mean, I think that's a really um, good strategy. We'll see if it yeah. works. Just tune in. <laughs> it's a data point, and I, and I don't need this to go perfectly. This is not a ma- it's 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 a very and I know I'm a privileged position to say this, but this is not a yeah. make or break set for me. There's Every a other small set. amount of people who can be like right. Don't have to crush. I mean, you you you're gonna do well, I'm sure. And the, the but I don't like, have to. If it doesn't if go I well, bomb, you'll be all right. It's gonna be. It'll wash away in a month or two. Um, maybe I, maybe I could get in trouble for some of the material, but I, I don't, don't fully believe in, in that. I don't think you'd get in. No, your, no, your materials. Sure, but you never know how people can react. But I also think that, who, 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 birth control. Birth no, control. You know what I'm <laughs> um, th- that's that's been. Um, I'm I'm excited to throw this stuff out, and this is stuff that maybe won't be in my next special. There's some COVID stuff in there. There's some Trump stuff in there. Well, um, and I think that makes a lot of sense because. I view specials as needing to be evergreen yes. as much as possible. And personal. This is very impersonal right. material. This isn't my experience. Where it's like, it's fun material, <sighs> yeah. but like, does it need to like live with you? You know, right. in 20 years, do you want to listen to your special and be like, about Trump, the bottle of Trump, <laughs> like, and exactly. COVID, and you're like, okay, right. well, it's 20 years later. Like, that's no longer applicable, but a right. relationship. It's like a Monica joke. Yeah, half my hour is about you, and the other half is about being Jewish, Cajun, Southern, yeah. and living in New York. Those will likely it. still be things. <laughs> right, right. And that tells the story. So it's fun to pull. It's fun to have B-sides. It's the first time I've ever felt like I have B-sides. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. And it's also uh, admittedly kind of controversial material because... It's uh, not, though. Like, it's not like it's you're taking... Some, it's buzzy topics. Buzzy topics, but okay. Okay. and But, and, but and I I'm, guess that's so funny because, like, you don't really do buzzy topics that often no i'm i'm afraid it's one of, the things of looking I frankly like an edgelord like, it's one of the, you're so far from an edgelord but fair I enough you saying that you're <laughs> like but i mean maybe I my like, maybe my maybe i've seen the worst of him open yeah. mics <laughs> i've looked darkness here's in the my eye. take on trans in sports you're like yeah Ugh. or this Unless guy who openly hates women yeah. <laughs> women just doing jokes while locking eye about like you know, hitting women or something stupid, locking eyes with the only woman, me, in the room. <laughs> and you're like, okay, this is an edgelord. <laughs> That's an edgelord. Yeah, the people who come into open mic just to, just to ruffle feathers. But it is buzzy material, and I do think I, it'll I know stir, what you mean. It'll get some – there'll be arguments in the comment section. I'm sure of it, and, and someone I'm, Someone I'm will hear that, one that, word and then just sure. be like, lodge on to that and just be like, comment about – you know, whatever issue that you're talking about. I'm, I'm giving in to signal boosters. I'm not trying to play it safe. I am I know that some people are going to bite back either eh, on, on both the liberal and the conservative side, and I think that's just going to draw views to it. Uh, that's not a great way to operate, but I want to try it. I just want to yeah. see. It works for a lot of people. The greatest artists don't need that, but uh, it certainly uh, pays some people's Patreons. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, it'll be cool also to have well, first of all, those those jokes are really good that you're talking about. I and then that. if you don't like how the response is or you don't like how it all comes out, you I mean, you still could probably put them in an album if you wanted, but yeah. you don't have and to. I could do them on the road. Yeah, there's you no don't burning have to. anything. What was the last yeah. full hour of comedy you watched? Well, I'm a bad example, but um, in general, no one does that very much. Very, very rarely. Um, no, they listen to Sirius XM and it just scrolls through three minute bits. Yeah, you know? that's what it does. But it feels cool being in an overshoot position because one, one of the scariest things is when, when you're a comic and you're about to do your first hour album or special, you're like, okay, what if, God forbid, it does really well and then I have to go back on the road and have a new hour? That's oh, yeah. terrifying because it takes so long to build an hour. And I've also been respecting uh, what Taylor Tomlinson does. She has these little short jokes that are very good, but she doesn't have an intention of putting them on a special, so she releases them on social media. Um, 
social media has really changed the strategy i feel like with releasing content and also like the quality of content like it's fast fashion not every single joke has to be like earth shattering right like holy shit like it's like oh this is fun and reality is like when you're scrolling through tiktok or reels or whatever mm-hmm. reels. Just instagram as a whole it's a lot of setups yeah i know and that that's the thing is i'm not coming to a, like i'm not at a comedy show like expecting to get my mind blown i'm on the toilet <laughs> like, yeah just watching subtitles only you know what yeah. i mean and it's just like meant to be like huh huh you know hmm. that's yeah good yeah. yeah, and then I send it to my friends, and I was like, "Oh my god, LOL! I am dying at this." In reality, <laughs> I was just like, huh. "My niece <laughs> has a great term for that. Instead of LOL, uh, NP nose puffs. Nose puffs. That's exactly what it that's, is. That's what it is. When I'm in bed, just like, <laughs> yeah. And Matt's like, "What? What was that? Was that funny?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is funny. I'll send it to you." <laughs> yeah, usually, for me, it's usually a cat video. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very excited. Oh, uh, another thing that I've been noticing though, because this is the first time I've like sitting down to actually I've actually typed up set lists to like consider what I want to do and it's I I realize I've been in a, a loosey-goosey mode since COVID you've gotten really good ma- about that material uh, of, of trying to encourage myself to to not go with the plan set or, or or take deviations or try new materials so I'm not like fully like there's some people that go wild but I'm I'm you and I are very similar we're, we're typically we have a set we're intending to do there may be a sides, but we definitely plan something out. And I've, I'm trying to be less precious because I know you're, you you can bomb by taking those those deviations, but you can also end up with new material. Right. Um, I've and, been and trying having to hammer out a word perfect set again after that rhythm has been a challenge. I bet I've never gotten into the word perfect component, but I do have the concepts. Yeah. One of the things I've you been trying to do order. as much as possible is like I'll have like an extra joke in there. Not an extra joke. I'll have my plan set. And I'll see if I can push the stuff up top long enough because I'm my thing recently. I've been working on crowd work. You've been, yeah, I'm really, been really not. Well with that. I'm really not happy with. I wasn't very happy. I've definitely improved, which is it's fun. It's fun when you're like, I'm gonna work on something, and then you get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but my goal was to not hit my like second to last joke, like to get the light before. I got there, so I'd have to go straight to, like, my closer, quote-unquote. Yeah. And I've been really successful at it because I've been stretching out the crowd work up top and trying to get more comfortable and loose with them and, like, listen to them and go off of what they're saying. And it's been very helpful, especially as I'm doing more host sets because that's exactly the goal. You're not just going up there and regurgitating your right. jokes. Yep. So not that it's going to be helping you in your attempt to develop more material because a lot of crowd work is pretty much, like, just good for that room. It but it could. Yeah, I've had crowd work. My whole French bit was from one little piece of crowd work. Yeah, there you go. But have either way, it was a skill. Not yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not Mr. Five Sets in One Night. So <laughs> with when me saying doing this over a couple months, I'm talking like, I don't know. Like I do a couple sets a week. You know, uh-huh. I try to get up more than that, but I try to get up as much as possible. But no, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah. So please book me. <laughs> and for uh, I'll host. Goddamn. <laughs> For longtime fans, I'm trying to not open with an I look like joke <laughs> for I once in my moved, fucking life. I have not moved away from that yet. There is one there is one in there, but I'm trying to go like two minutes before I mention it. Yeah. Yours are so fun, though, because you just are such a distinct look. I know, but I hate having to do it. That's fair. And I, I, I'm always afraid comics judge it, but... I... Whatever. If it's making people laugh, I, do do comics judge that? I'm gonna get really self conscious about mine. And once again, at my stage, I feel as long as I have a joke up top. Just, just it, it, opening jokes are really, really hard. 
I will, one piece of advice, I don't know if I've given this before, it was something I learned kind of early on, is uh, if you like a joke and want to make it really good, start opening with it. Just make yourself open with that joke every set. You'll, you'll like, it's, you won't even consciously do it. The joke will just become better. All of the dead air will get edited out. All the excess words. When you open with a joke, it just, it has to be good. And then when you've been opening with that joke, shift it back to later in your set. And then it's going to explode with laughter because that opening joke is never going to get what it deserves outside of a couple specific types of jokes. If you have a really good personal joke to open with, um, but a lot of times jokes only do worse the earlier if, if you do them first, which is why you don't do a new ma- brand new material first. Yeah, yeah. Um, all great tips. Anything else? I'm like, I'm just laughing to myself right now about thinking about opening with that roofie joke, which you've told me to do. Try but it. Now I, well, no, I'm laughing thinking in the context of that guy. <laughs> what if that happened yeah. out the gate? Yeah, <laughs> said, this be guy just being with. like, "Yeah, roofies," and I'm like, hey. "Shit!" Now I have to deal with this for an entire set. <laughs> yeah, but it could also. Yeah, I, I, I'm. It's just funny that that's example. A, that's a funny. That's a yeah. <laughs> right I out the saying, gate. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all my um, not veteran advice. Like, you're pretty. I, would, prof- I mean, I, I would comedy proficient veteran, advice. But I, get that I don't know if you've been doing comedy for less than ten years. Maybe, maybe this is useful to you. Uh, if you've been doing it more, maybe you're you're laughing. Yeah, you're like, maybe you're scoffing at me for sounding like such (laughs) a fucking. He does jokes more than once. (laughs) Janine Garofalo said that to me. She did a joke, and I was like, oh, I love that one. She's like, ugh, I've done that joke like eight times. (laughs) 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 She's brilliant to watch, but she was like, I just feel like such a hack. I've I've told that joke seven times before. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, check out Janine Garofalo. That's terrifying. Eastwood Comedy Club. Yeah. Yeah, She promotes it a lot. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think, um, no, I think that's it. I think we're going to try to do this more frequently. So that means shorter episodes just to, um, Hell yeah. you know. All right. Yeah. Come check us out. Uh, again, DC, August 19th through 21st, uh, Plano, uh, October 15th, and uh, here in New York City at Caveats on August 3rd. Yeah. I'm excited for that. All right. Bye. bye.